discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your blessings, your presence that we enjoy. Thank you for the power of your word, the power of your spirit. Thank you that this morning you explain your word to us in a very wonderful way. And thank you that you bring elevations in our lives in a very special way. Thank you for fruitfulness for all of us. Thank you that we walk in your glory and we experience the riches of your grace in every year of our life this year, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You may kindly take your seats in heavenly places where you belong. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. It says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Because Paul, you know, in his day, had many of the Israelites not saved. He said, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Next verse. Then he says, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. I, I bear witness. They have a zeal of God. They really like God. And they know God. Do you see? If you read in a, um, chapter 9 of this same um book. Okay, look at chapter 9, verse 1. It says, I, I say the truth, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. That I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that I myself, myself work a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. Then it says, who are Israelites? It says, I'm, I'm cons- I wish I was cursed. Yeah, and that's the heart of a pastor. A pastor has a strong desire to see God's people prosper. That he doesn't mind whatever pressure he goes through in order for them to prosper and to do and to get to know the Lord. A pastor who doesn't have this heart needs to pray to God. For God to give him that kind of a heart and that kind of a concern for God's people. Because you can, you can be pastoring God's people and not really care. I in a church. Paul says, I'm really concerned. I wish I was removed from Christ. I wish I would lose my salvation. If losing my salvation will bring salvation to Israel. I wish I was accursed from Christ. Do you see? That's in verse 3, please. Go back. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren. Let's read the other version so that you see what I'm talking about. They had so much concern. A shepherd must have concern for the sheep. For I could wish that I myself were accursed. This one says accursed. And cut off and banished from Christ. For the sake of my brethren and instead of them. You see, it says they, they, are, they are cut off. I wish I was cut off instead of them. That is my natural kinsmen and my fellow countrymen. Who are the Israelites? Then he continues. Who is Israel? Next verse, please. Let's read King James in verse 4. He says, who are Israelites? To whom pertain the adoption? They are the ones. Do you understand adoption? I preached about adoption last year, before the year ended. Do you remember? A king choosing one of his sons to train, to reign in his stead. That's what biblical adoption means, isn't it? Uh, it says, the adoption of sons is actually designed for the Israelites. They are the original people. And they are the ones the glory of God was designed for. And they are the ones, because it's their father, it's Abraham, their natural father Abraham was the one who was chosen. So they are very important to God. And the covenants, 
all the covenants that were made were made the, the Davidic covenant was made with Israel in mind. The Abrahamic covenant was made with Israel in mind. The Noahic covenant was made with Israel. All the covenants that you can think about, the the New Testament, the covenant of the New Testament that was ratified by Jesus Christ Himself, had them in mind in a certain way. You see, it says, and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law. They are the ones who receive the lively oracles from God and the service of God and the promises. They are the ones to whom it is, it is given to. But they have missed it. Why? Because they are not submitting, submitting themselves to the righteousness of God. They are seeking God in a, dip, in a wrong way. Next verse, please. Whose are the fathers and of whom has concerned the flesh? Christ came. Jesus came to them. They are the ones Jesus came to physically. Who is overall God blessed forever and ever. Amen. He says so many things about how wonderful Israel is and how they have, they have missed it. Because they sought God after the wrong way. That's in chapter 10, verse 1, what we're reading. He says, my brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved because they are not saved. Next verse. For I bear them record. I, I, I agree with them. I understand that they have a zeal of God. Strong zeal. Then he says, but it's not according to knowledge. Their zeal is not according to knowledge. You can have zeal, but still not know, you know, what you are supposed to know and do what you are supposed to do. Someone can be praying morning till evening, morning till evening, but may not be praying according to the knowledge of God or praying according to the rules, what God has, what God is operating by in this time. So he says, they, are, they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Verse, verse 3. Why? For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. There's something called the righteousness of God that Israel is ignorant of. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. This is what they have missed. They have they are trying to please God or they are trying to stand before God without guilt, condemnation, or uh, uh, whatever. I mean, they, they want to be accepted before God by their own actions. If you go to the Wailing Wall, there's a, there's a place in Israel called the Wailing Wall. There's a wall where they pray and they have prayer points in the wall. You see. They are praying, and in their minds, their prayer is what will make them accepted before God. In their, in their minds, keeping the law, thou shalt not, thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do that, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not. Keeping those things is what makes you accepted before God. That's what is in your mind. You see. But God does not accept us based on that. God has set us based on our acceptance of his righteousness, which comes through his son, Jesus Christ. When you believe in Jesus Christ as a Lord and personal Savior, it's enough. You are accepted before God now. You are now entitled to God's blessings. You are now entitled to health and healing. You are now entitled. There's nothing that you do or do not do that makes you entitled to God's blessings. It's not your going to church that makes you entitled to God's blessings. Am I saying you shouldn't go to church? And particularly not. The same Bible tells us that we should not give up assembling ourselves together. The same Bible tells us those who are planted will flourish. So it's wisdom to follow the principles that God has already laid in the, in the scriptures. But that is not what makes you accepted before God. It is not God does not get you healed because of your church attendance. If you think that it's because of your church attendance that you're entitled to healing, you are walking according to the law. You and the Israelite who has, is using his works to be accepted before God are on the same level. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. What I'm preaching, what I'm telling you now, is called the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's called the gospel of grace. And that's what we are preaching this year. Hallelujah. There's a scripture in Romans chapter 3, verse 20. Look at Romans 3, 20. Therefore, by the deeds of... Let's read other versions. Can we read uh, NLT? Can we read it together? One to go. Read it again.
No one. No one can what? Ever. These are very harsh words. No one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. That's the purpose of the law. The purpose of the law was to reveal sin. To let you know how sinful you are. Because nobody can keep the law. Nobody. The law is such that when you fail in one aspect, you are failed in all. You can be keeping one side. I don't want to commit fornication. No fornication. No fornication. No fornication. No fornication. And then you tell a lie. You are failed in all the things. You are not accepted before God. James chapter 2 verse 10. Yeah. 2.10. It says, For whosoever shall keep the whole law, whoever keeps the whole law and offend in one point, is guilty of all. You keep the whole law, you offend in one point, you are guilty of what? Of all. So the law, you cannot be accepted based on the law. It's not possible. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh ever be justified or ever be declared right before God. It's not possible. So stop trying to use your good works to be a means of your acceptance before God. It is nonsense. It doesn't work. I don't know if you get it. We are accepted before God because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 2 verse 21. Look at Galatians 2 21. It's so important. You have to get it clear in your mind. It says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. If righteousness come by what? The law. If righteousness, the righteousness of God comes to us by doing, by works, eh, then Christ died in vain. You make nonsense of Christ's death if you think that your acceptance is based on how much you have fasted. You feel that your, like, God is entitled to doing some things for you because of your fasting. Fasting is important, but fasting is not what causes the blessings of God to, to be, to be in our lives. The blessings of God in our life, we are blessed because of Jesus Christ. That Jesus died for us to be blessed. Do you understand? Why am I fasting? Why am I praying? Why am I coming to going to church? Why am I fighting? Why am I working for God? Why am I doing all of those? Because you see, it is not only God who is in there, who is, who is existing. There's an enemy called the devil who wants to sidetrack you, who wants to make sure you go away from the line that God wants you to go on. So you are fasting to bring yourself in line with what God wants you to be on. Is because what will be will not be. It will not be at all. What God has said will not show up if you don't agree with God and get your will in line with what God wants you to. I don't know if you get it. So fasting, prayers, all of those things is to get our will in line with God's will. So that what God wants done can be done in our lives. Because if you leave it, it will not happen. That's how when Jesus came, he prayed. One of the big, greatest prayers Jesus prayed was not my will, but your will. Because that, that is what, that's what, one of the major problems. Do you get it? Or you don't get it? You get it. Mm. So we are not fasting to try and get the blessings of God. No. Change that from in your mind. We are not fasting to get the blessings. If you are fasting to get the blessings of God, then you are, you are functioning in works. <laughs> I don't know if I'm making sense. I'm making sense. So I'm blessed. See, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. It's in the Bible. He, Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter, chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Second Peter chapter, chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of, our, of Jesus our Lord. Then it says, According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life, and godliness. All things has been given to us because of Jesus. All things that pertain to life and godliness has been given to us because of Jesus. You need to get that straight in your mind and in your heart. I'm not giving so that I will be blessed. I'm giving because I am blessed. I am the blessed of God. It is my response. It is my response to his love. Do you get it? Jesus said, if you love me, if you love me, then you will keep my commandments, isn't it? If you love me, what will you do? If you love me, what will you do? Do you love the Lord? Then you must keep everything he says to do. He says to go to church, so you keep it. 
Why are you going to church? Not because you want to be accepted before him. You are going to church because you love him. Because this is this is uh, this is his love language, if you like. If you love me, then do these things. Not I'm doing them so that I'll be accepted before you. Not I'm praying hard so that I'll be accepted. I'm praying hard so that God will see that I am really like I'm really serious. And then sort me out. No, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> Hallelujah. That is what Israel, Israel has missed it. They are doing a lot of things. I'm living a holy life so that I'll be accepted before God. No, it doesn't work like that. I'm accepted before God, therefore I live holy. I'm accepted before God. And the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, I live the way he wants me to live. It's, it's in your own interest to live, in a, live a holy life. If you don't live a holy life, the, the, the devil will really catch you. You'll be, in, you'll be in his environment. And he will deal with you. He will accuse you. He will let you know that you are not correct. And he will cause you to be depressed. We know the effect of sin. We know that sin is dangerous. The wages of sin is what? Under no circumstance has it changed. It doesn't change. The wages of sin is always death. It will never change. It is always death. If you give yourself over, it says, let your body be instrument, yield your body as instruments of righteousness unto godliness. Eh? Romans chapter 6, verse 13. Neither yield your members as instruments of righteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of God, of righteousness unto God. So it's in your own interest to yield your members, your body as an instrument of righteousness to God. Because the wages of sin is death. So this is in no way to tell you that, oh, you can live whatever, however you want to because you are accepted before God. If you are accepted before God, the response uh, to someone who has loved you and given himself and died on the cross of Calvary for you must be, must be loved. If you know how someone has loved, just imagine if uh, you were owing... $10 million. Okay? And you are, they took you to court. They were going to judge you for you to be put behind bars until you pay. And then you hear that someone has come to come and pay $1 billion for you to clear the debt. He has overpaid. What will you do to that person? Will you look for that person and thank that person? Or you go out, you go out and go and do whatever you want to do? No. You will look for whoever it is and thank the person. Yes, your way of thanking Jesus Christ for his sufferings on the cross is by living right. So living, in, living right is as a result of your heart, the effect of his work on your heart. If you are not living right as a child of God, then it means that you have not yet understood what Jesus has done for you. So Paul, Paul writes in a very nice way in, in uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter... 5, right? Verse 13. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 13. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. For the love of Christ, the love of Christ, the love that Christ has had in our case, the love, not our love for Christ, so the love that Christ has had for us. Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, than that a man should lay down his life for his friends. He loved us so much that he laid down his life for us. And it is because of his work that we are accepted before God. You are on your way to hell. Eternal damnation. God sent his son Jesus Christ to come and redeem you. I don't know how, how you thank him. I don't know if you get it. He says, for the love of Christ constrained us. Let's read Amplify, lighter version, so we can understand it. So this is in no way to say that you can live however you want to live. No. That's what we are saying. But I want you to know that actually your acceptance is not based on works. Okay? Say my acceptance is not based on works. Works is the Old Testament. I'm telling you, I'm going to show it to you very, very soon. For the love of Christ controls and edges and impels us. If you, the more you meditate on how much he has loved you. Hmm? The more you meditate on how much he has loved you. And the content of the expression of his love is called the passion of Christ. The passion of greater love has no man than this, than the man should lay down his life. Someone died for you, brother. It should have been you. 
Look at all your evil thoughts and your evil whatever. I don't know if you can die for somebody. You can love somebody, but you can't die. It's difficult. I'm not ready to die for my wife. No. I like my life. Don't you like your life? To be difficult, you have to think about it. It's very difficult. But even that one, you know, someone can die for you and his, the person's death will not mean much. Because what he died for is not erased. Your blood is not much. Your blood can't erase sins. Do you understand? Your blood cannot erase sins. Your blood cannot make someone righteous. Accepted before. Your blood is not, it's not, it's not much. It can bring some cities to someone. Blood, blood money. <laughs> but it can't really do much. This is the blood of God himself. God, God used that. The Bible says that he washed us from our sins in his own blood. You should appreciate the one who washed you from your sins in his own blood and live for him. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Hmm? Go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. It says, for the love of Christ controls and edges and impels us. You have to think a lot about that, that expression of love. For God commended his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. That's in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Look at Romans 5. But God commended his love towards us. God demonstrates his love. This is how God shows his love. God showed us his love. You see, you were not worth loving. You were not worth loving. Yes. You were not, you are not worth loving at all. Even you, you don't love yourself. Have you noticed? But there's someone who loves you in spite of who or what you are. Not because of, but in spite of who or what you are. He doesn't accept you based on what you, what you do or do not do. He accepts you based on what his son did. That's why we say you are in Christ. You are, we are not out. When you get born again, you are now in Christ. God commends his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. That's how God demonstrates his love, shows his love towards us. Are you in the church or you have gone home? Amen. Hallelujah. I'll never go down in my life. Because I'm loved. And sometimes you do something wrong and you feel that God is against you now because of what you did. Has it happened to you before? You did something and then it's like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. You've not read your Bible. Romans chapter 8. You've not read the Bible. That's why you are confused. Romans chapter 8. Let's read from verse 34. It says, who is he that condemned? Christ? It is Christ that died. Yeah, rather, that is written again. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also maketh intercession for us? Next verse. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? The love that Jesus has for you, eh? He says, who? He's giving, he's coming to give various things that can try to remove you. Then he says, sound tribulation. Let's read lighter versions, please. We don't understand tribulation, distress. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Next verse. As the scripture says, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. Verse 37. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Have you seen it? Next verse. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death or life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears. Eh? Neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. I don't know if you believe in these things. Do you believe in it? That's what the Bible says. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. 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 A lot of Christians are not assured of their salvation. They feel that maybe they do something and then they will, they, God will say, it's okay, this thing that you have done, Adjua, I've never seen some before in my life. You are, not, you are not too difficult for God to handle. God has handled people like you before. What do you think? Are you the first person to come on this earth? 
God has handled Adam. The one who partook of the first, the fruit. The, he handled him. David, Cain, everybody. He has handled everybody. I don't know how complicated you are. Or how much you think that your error is. Do you see? You like what I'm telling you or you don't like what I'm telling you? See, I'm accepted before God. Not based on my works. But based on Jesus' work. On the cross. This is, what, this is what Israel does not understand. What I'm preaching now is a stumbling block. So second, First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. Look at First Corinthians 1, 17 and 18. It says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. This is, God didn't send me to baptize and to also preach with wisdom of words, like the, 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 the wisdom of this world, but to preach the wisdom of God. So that the cross of Christ, the, the work of Jesus Christ on the cross will not be made of non-effect. You can make the work of Christ of non-effect. It's like it's, it's nonsense. How can you make the work of Christ nonsense? By thinking that you are accepted based on your fasting. This when you fast, you feel very good. Yes. Is it true? Yes. We are come to start fasting. Like you feel very, very good. Yes. That feeling is not makes you accepted before God. When you pray, you realize that, Charlie, you are feeling like a spiritual matule, isn't it? It's powerful. But that is not what makes you accepted before God. Whether you were praying or not praying, you are accepted before God. You don't like what I'm telling you. Is it? Go, go back to Galatians chapter, chapter 2, verse 21. I do not frustrate the grace of God. Try, don't frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness or acceptance before God or right standing before God come by the law, come by works, doings, hmm? come by what? Works, doings, then Christ died in vain. NLT. Let's read the NLT. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Christ died so that we'll be accepted before God because nobody could keep the law. You cannot keep the law. And you, it's not that you cannot be accepted before God by virtue of the law. So Paul, Paul was not happy about the Galatians. The next verse of this chapter is chapter 3 verse 1. He was very, very angry with them. Oh, foolish Galatians. He was so angry with them. How can you be so foolish? Who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made clear as, was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. He says, I explained it to you. Clearly, I made it clear to you that we are actually accepted before God because of Jesus' death and his work on his, on the cross. Jesus took sin. Jesus died for sin. Every sinner is supposed to go to hell. Every sinner is condemned to hell. Eternal damnation. Hell is just, a, is, a, is just a holding place. The actual place is the lake of fire. That is what every sinner is, deserves. But God decided not to give you what you deserve. He decided to give you what you don't deserve. That is why grace is called unmerited favor. Favor that you do not merit. So trying to merit that favor is a big problem. It's like you are making nonsense of all that Jesus did. And you are saying that what Jesus said is not much. It is your movement, your, your tithing. How can you go to church? How can you go to heaven because of tithing? Hey. Tithing is not what takes you to heaven. Hey. Hey. How much is your tithe? Your tithe cannot buy your salvation. How did we get born again? We got born again by believing in what Jesus did. No be so. If it is like that, then every single step in our faith walk should continue the same way by believing as you have therefore received Christ so walk ye in him Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 it says as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord so walk ye in him how did you receive him how do you receive Jesus Christ how did you receive Jesus Christ by believing in what? 
By believing in what he did. Believing that he died on the cross, right? Believing that he rose again on the third day, isn't it? He died and resurrected. You believe in his death and his resurrection. That is his work. That's Jesus' work. No be so. It says, just as you, the way you came in, you believed and you spoke. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Am I making sense or I'm not making sense? Let's read verse 8. But what's here? The word is nine, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which you preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, the Lordship of Jesus over your life. This is how you, born, you get born again. You confess the Lordship of Jesus over your life. And you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. He says, you shall be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. With the heart, you believe unto righteousness. With your mouth, you confess to salvation. That's all you did. You believed and you confessed. You believed what? You believed in his work, his death and resurrection. And then you confessed it. Is that not so? That is how you came into Christ. And that's the exact same way you continue in Christ. Not of works. Not your works. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. Look at Ephesians 2, 6. I hope you're writing the notes down. It says, and God has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved. How, how are you saved? How? By grace are you saved through faith. The grace of God makes salvation available. What is the grace of God? The grace of God is God's work, God's action, what God did. What did God do? God punished Jesus for our sin. Jesus hung on the cross for us. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. For he has made him to be sin. Who knew no sin? He has made him to be sin for us. He made Jesus to be sin for us. This is God's work. This is Jesus' work. He took sin in his flesh, in his body. Who knew no sin? That's his work. Why did he do it? So that you and I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, that is the grace of God. The grace of God is making Christ, is punishing Christ for your punishment. The grace of Christ is rejecting Jesus Christ in order for you to be accepted. Now, how do you, now all you do is to believe that, oh, he did it for me. He did it for me. I was the reason why it was done. Therefore, I am accepted. Saying, believing and saying that I'm accepted. I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm a child of God. I have eternal life dwelling in my spirit. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am, I, 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 I merit the blessings of God because of what Jesus did. That's the grace of God. And your response to the grace of God is your faith. Even your faith, he gives it to you. So you are nowhere in the equation. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. You couldn't have saved yourself. You cannot die for yourself. You cannot die for your neighbor. You couldn't. It says, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Then the next verse says, not of works. Lest any man should boast. It's not of works. It's not of works. So try to live a Christian life that is not based on works. I just want to talk about anyone who tells you that, yes, I know you are born again. I know you have accepted Jesus Christ as a personal savior, but you need to live a holy life. It's not preaching to you the right gospel. You're living a holy life that's not add anything to what Jesus did. Jesus' work was complete enough. It doesn't need your top up. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is it too difficult? Now, does that mean that I shouldn't live a holy life? I've explained to you why you need to live a holy life. He says, be you holy because your fa- the one who has called you is holy. But you cannot say, oh, ah, hey, my holiness does not add even an inch to what Christ did. So then forget it. I'm going to live whatever. No. no. He calls you holy brethren. The Lord calls you holy brethren. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1. Eh? Look at it. Hebrews 3. It says, Hebrews 3 1. Wherefore, holy brethren. He calls you holy you get it? 
You want God to work through you. You must live a pure life. Do you see? Yeah. If you are conscious of the return of Jesus Christ, you must live in purity. You cannot do whatever you want. It says, dwell with the sisters in purity. Treat them with all purity. It's in the Bible. First Timothy 5, 1. Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren. Then he says, the elder women as mothers. Then he says, the younger as sisters with all purity. Treat the younger sisters as what? With, treat them with all purity. Oh, you can't be sleeping around hey. with their sisters because, oh, my, my, uh, <laughs> my living in holiness does not, does not affect any, it doesn't, it's com- Christ's work for me is complete. So I'll live anyway. No, that's not what we are saying. What we are saying is that you are not, your, your, your living a holy life is not what will make you qualified before God. However, if you know that you're qualified before God, you will live a holy life. Is it a good message? Uh-huh. Why will you live a holy life? Because you know what you know the commandments of your Lord. You know what your Lord has said. He says, treat them with purity. He calls you holy. He says, This is his will. This is his will. Learn how to and learn how to handle your body. In sanctification and in honor. That's in First Thessalonians chapter four, verse one and two. Further, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. Verse, verse two. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. This is what. This is the will of God for your life, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and in honor. This is, the, this is your Lord's will. So you do it because it is his will. Not that you are doing it to be pleasing to him and to be accepted before him and to be, to have a right to have, have your prayers answered. Your prayers are not answered because you did this. Your prayers are answered because Jesus sacrificed himself, not because you are doing this. If it is because you are, you are, then when you fornicate, you, you can't pray. Your prayers cannot be accepted before God. I don't know if you get it. Yes. You can't, you can't come to church. You can't do anything again. <laughs> See, I'm accepted. All of our Christianity is based on believing and speaking. That's how we came in. We came in believing and speaking. We continue through believing and speaking. You see, the righteousness of the law. There was a righteousness of the law. Okay? There was a righteousness of the law. When you do every, the righteousness of the law says that you do everything and you don't fault in any, then you are accepted. You do all the things. You do one by one, one. Do every, if you've missed even one. I've showed you. Like James chapter 2 verse 10, right? Go to James chapter 2 verse 10. Maybe you didn't see it. Let me show it to you again. For whosoever shall keep the whole law, and yet offend in one point, Listen, the law said, uh, I think it's Deuteronomy 22. It may, is it Deuteronomy uh, One of them. He says that wearing lining and cutting together, you have a sin. So all of us sitting here, we have all sin, I tell you. If your clothes uh, is lining and mixed with cotton, you have failed. If you fade your hair, you fade your, fade your, so you have missed it. Ah, Deuteronomy 22 verse 11. Thou shalt not wear a garment of diverse sorts as of wooling and lining together. Wooling and lining together. You have, you have sin. You have sin. You have what? Sin. Check the sinner by you and ask us. <laughs> so you think it's that thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not. No, 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 no. You cannot play. And God knows it. God knows. That's the, the purpose of the law was to let everybody come to their end. So that we cannot cry out for a savior. That was the purpose of the law. That's the reason why the law is given. It's, listen, the law, the law, the, one of the purposes of the law is to strengthen sin. Can you imagine? First Corinthians chapter 15. Let's read verse 50, 55. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. 
The strength of sin is what? What gives sin its strength is the law. What is the law? The law is works. The law is what? Works. Works. Of any kind. Of any form. Hmm? Of any kind. Of any form. So Israel is trying to... That's what Paul is saying. That during, during his day, they, were, they are trying to be accepted before God based on what they do or do not do. Meanwhile, it's not like that. It says, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God comes by faith in Christ Jesus. I showed it to you, isn't it? Go to the next verse. For Christ is the end. Christ, Jesus Christ, is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believe it. If you believe in Jesus Christ, when you come to Christ, Christ is that when you get to Christ, no more, you don't need to do any law. You don't need to keep any. There's nothing you need to keep in order to be accepted before God. None. Christ is the end of the law and the beginning of the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He's the end of the law for everyone, the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believe it. Keep your, your, your finger, go to Romans chapter 8. Let's read verse 3 and verse 4. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Jesus was sent for the purpose of dying for sin, so that he can condemn sin in the flesh. Have you seen it? So that, next verse, verse 4, so that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not out of the flesh, but after the spirit. When you believe in Jesus Christ, you come into the spirit. And because you're in the spirit, says the righteousness that is of the law is actually fulfilled in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey. We are in chapter 8 now. Go to chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Let's read verse 20 once again. So I can even understand it some more. Romans and Galatians are two books that Paul used to explain grace. Try to explain grace into detail. And if, if you have to read it. You only read them, you understand some of these things. Okay? I'm just going to read it for you. Let's read it in the NLT so it's easier for everybody to understand. Okay? Follow me carefully. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. That's the purpose of it, to show you how sinful you are. So that you can call on Jesus Christ to be saved and made righteous according to faith in what he has done in his work. Next verse, verse 21. But now, God has shown us a way. Say, but now. God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. So there's a way to be accepted before God without keeping the requirements of the law. As was promised in the righteousness of Moses and the prophets long ago, the whole of the Old Testament talks about the righteousness of God that was to come. Next verse, verse 22. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. That's how we are made righteous. I don't know if you understand. So if I ask you after the service, are you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? What will you say? You will say yes. Why? Because I have faith in who? In Jesus Christ. You have faith in Jesus Christ. You have faith in his work. Do you believe that he was crucified for you? Do you believe that he was nailed to the cross because of your sins? Romans chapter 4 verse 25 says that Jesus was delivered on account of our... eh, He was handed over to die because of our sins. Because of our sins. So you shouldn't be carrying your sin around. He died for the purpose of your... To absorb you. To atone for you. His, his work is the, is the atonement. The removal of your sin. Hey. And he was raised to life to make us right with God. He was delivered on account of our sin. And he was raised from the dead on account of our justification. Of our righteousness. And that's what he's explaining some more in Romans chapter 3. Go back to Romans chapter 3. Hey. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who they are. Whether they are Jew or Greek. He was comparing Jews and Greeks. 
So it says that everyone is made righteous before God, no matter who they are, if they believe, if they have faith in Jesus Christ and what he did. Next verse. Because everyone has sinned. Every single individual has sinned. We are, we all fall short of God's glory, glorious standard. That is why the righteousness of God is for everybody. That's where this verse is from. It's not for you to quote before you pray. The first thing you do is to confess your sins when you are praying. Lord, for all have sinned and all have come. No, that is not the purpose of this scripture. The purpose of this scripture is to let you know that all have sinned. Therefore, everybody is entitled to the righteousness of God. I'm going home. You are not interested. I nearly went home. Look at verse 4. Look at verse 24. Sorry. Look at this. Yet God with undeserved kindness. Undeserved what? You didn't deserve it all. You didn't get what you deserve. You didn't get what? So if you, you didn't get what you deserved. If you deserved, if you, if you got what you deserved, we would have faced the wrath of God. Listen, the wrath of God was so much that Elijah's sacrifice was not enough to handle the wrath of God that came. The fire that came from heaven consumed everything. Remember Elijah poured so many barrels of water on the thing. Isn't it? Water, 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 water. When the, when the wrath of God came, the fire of God came, it licked, every, it licked all the water, licked all the stones, licked everything and created a hole down in the ground. The judgment was greater than the sacrifice. The sacrifice could not handle the judgment. Jesus hung on the cross and took all the wrath of God. All. What happened on the cross of Calvary, we are yet to understand it. We can't we can, we can understand it fully. He took all the wrath of God. The wages of sin that was required for everybody to have heed hung on the cross and took everything. Don't make light of his work by thinking that because I've fasted, because I've prayed, because I've given my tithe, because I'm in church, because I'm doing this, I'm, enti- I'm entitled. I deserve to have God's ears. You don't, you didn't get what you deserve. So you cannot get, these things cannot make you deserve God's ears. Every child of God can talk to God. Your fasting and your prayer helps you to hear God well. Every child can can talk to God, but not every child can hear God well. Because sin blocks your mind. Puts you under a pile of guilt and condemnation. Sin makes men judge you wrongly. You see. If we know you are into lying, I mean, all of us, we won't take you seriously. When you are saying we should look up, we'll look down before something happens to us. So you walk in righteousness because, because of, you don't want the devil to have an inroad in your life. You don't want the devil to have an inroad in your life. Don't play with his things. You don't want to be judged wrongly. Don't play with the devil's things. Yet God, with all deserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. He declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ. Jesus, when he freed us from the penalty of our sins, he freed us from the penalty. I don't know if you are happy about these things. He did this through Christ. When he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Next verse. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. Hmm? People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. That's how you are made right with God. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. Next verse. For he was looking ahead and including them in what we would do, what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just. He declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. It is God is right in declaring the sinner right when he believes in Jesus Christ. That's the right. The righteousness of God eh? is making the sinner right, righteous when he believes in Jesus because he has punished Jesus for his sins already. He doesn't need to set Jesus aside and punish a sinner. That would be double, double jeopardy. It's called the law of judging one thing twice. People are going to hell because they reject Jesus' work. If you reject Jesus' work, you will go to it. means that you want to pay for your sins. Okay, no problem. Sins have been paid for. Who, who paid it? Jesus Christ. And because he's paid, now we are righteous. Next verse, verse 27. Can we boast then? Can we? Hello, can we boast then? Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? We can't. We cannot boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God. No, because our acquittal, okay, 
or our justification or our being declared not guilty is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. Hallelujah. Our acceptance is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. Next verse. <laughs> so we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. Does it, does it help you now? This is what, this is what, uh, everybody's struggling with. The fact that we are accepted not based on our works. You see, people want to add works to it. They want to add works. Anybody, and Paul says that anyone who tries to add works to it is preaching to you another gospel. Galatians chapter 1 verse 6. I'm not the one saying it's in the Bible. I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God. Who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ? You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. Next verse. But it's not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. <laughs> verse 8. Let's, let God's curse fall on anyone, including us or even an angel from heaven, who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. <laughs> Next verse. I say again, just in case you miss it. It says, I am saying it again. What we have said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. It's called the good news of the grace of Christ. It's the gospel of the grace of Christ. The fact that we are accepted based on what Jesus has done. Hallelujah. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T Podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.